Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And we are back. All right. We are behind the desk back again. Been a couple weeks now, hasn't it? Ha- it? it has been. I, COVID. I, don't, I don't even know what week it is. Like, I don't know what yeah. I don't know what what episode this is. Like, I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited to be talking football again, getting back into the groove of things. COVID, uh, holidays, everything kind of just threw everything off whack. You feeling better? I am. You I good? Am, I'm, I mean, I hope I'm better for yeah. you. Sick. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it'll be all right. Yeah. You can taste again or no? No, no taste, no uh, smell. COVID is a bitch. Um, <laughs> it's it's rough. It'll it'll put it'll put me it put me down for a while now. So uh, I'm still I'm, trying to get back. So. I'm right there with you. I think I missed a pod uh, with sick with COVID too. So it happens. I think that was was that last year or was yeah. that this year? You you missed it's one, been a right? while. Yeah. Okay. Whatever it is. All right, guys. We are back with uh, with some football content. We're going off the cuff today. All right. We didn't uh, plan any segments or anything. There's just so much to talk about that it felt like let's just have a naturalistic conversation more than anything else. And you were talking about this right before we started recording and I thought it was interesting. I know nothing about the subject, next to nothing anyway. I've had my head in the sand doing draft stuff for the past couple weeks so this is all you. I'm going to let you take it away. It's with uh, the transfer college. market. Right? Yeah, college yeah. football, so yeah. There is, you know, it, it uh, I guess they're, they're allowed to play, uh, players can get endorsements now, basically. And with that being said, all of this top tier talent now um, is just is shifting. You know, it's it's going to where they can get paid. And there's a guy, Caleb Williams, for Oklahoma. He stepped in for Spencer Rattler um, this year. You know, Spencer Rattler really didn't end up hitting like he was supposed to. He was supposed to be unanimous number one pick. He ended up transferring out to South Carolina, and he's over there getting his own little deals going. But right now, there's like a bidding war, if you will, for Caleb Williams out of Oklahoma and Georgia. Um, some anonymous source stepped forward and said that Georgia has an offer of over $3 million for Caleb Williams to go be the next quarterback there. And, I mean, he's clearly an upgrade, I would say, from Stetson Bennett. You know, Stetson Bennett at Georgia right now, very good quarterback. I would say he's more, you know, Jake Fromm just gets the ball to the running back, gets the ball to the playmakers, really doesn't, you know, make those mistakes. (laughs) Caleb Williams has the ability and potential to stretch the ball down the field and give Georgia more of like a Justin Fields kind of type to it. And, it's just crazy to think about the overall landscape of the way that it's changing with these athletes legally able to make this money now. Uh, I want to see if you thought it was a good idea, bad idea. Does it mean that just top dog markets are going to run the thing? Because that's my fear, is that who can compete with $3 million if that's the case? Because right now it's this understood thing, hey, highest bidder gets Caleb Williams right now. Yeah, I think, well, so it was always, it's always so hard because we've been saying for years, you know, these these kids are, are putting their bodies on the line. Obviously, yes, they're getting a college education, but the top tier kids that are about to do it professionally in a couple of years, they should be paid in what is a billion dollar market that for years they weren't being paid in. So I, I anything, it, yeah. it, exactly. So, or at least, you know, the money they were getting were, was under the table. Obviously, you know, Heisman winners were getting paid for autographs and stuff, but it wasn't a legal thing. There's a lot of rules against it and all that. So it is tough for me as somebody who was a proponent for allowing these kids to make money, and, and I'm, I'm glad they can. But but you're right. It, is, it does feel like there's a real possibility that this turns into the MLB, where the bigger markets can pay whatever they want, and the smaller markets, there's no cap, and, and the smaller markets just have to deal with what they can. And yeah. obviously that's professional uh, baseball versus college football. I understand those are two very different things. But that, that connection between there is no cap in the MLB and teams 
teams like the Yankees, well, they can pay for anybody. Now teams like Alabama, Georgia, these top-tier SEC schools who have probably already been doing it under the table, now they, they can do it But now that it's legally, though, yeah, loud and proud. Yeah. And you got to think, I mean, who has probably some of the most influential boosters of all the time? It's going to be these top 20 programs that are out there. And, you know, even Texas, I think this is, might be one of the best things to ever happen to a school like Texas because when it comes to recruiting, being in a state like that, there is no excuse, and I mean no excuse, same for Texas A&M, as to why they couldn't dip into that and capitalize on that state where I don't even think they have to cross their border and they could build a top 20 recruiting class every single year in, year out. And right now, the uh, Quinn Ewers, I think is his name, Ohio State quarterback, he for uh, foregoed his uh, senior season in high school and went yeah. and enrolled early at Ohio State. Well, now he's transferring out, and he is going to Texas. Mm-hmm. And they're saying he's, he's the highest-graded quarterback prospect ever other than Bryce Young. And Bryce Young, we know, just reset the bar whenever he just, you know, he's two years ago is whenever he was on the scene. So it's... Yeah, it's really going to benefit some of these big-time teams, and I think it's going to help get them back to normal, Texas being one of the main ones. Yeah, um, I I think, uh, man, I don't know. I I keep going back and forth with it the more you're talking about it because, like I said at the beginning of this segment, I I really haven't put a lot of thought into this. My head's been in the sand with draft stuff, and it is is this kind of dichotomy between – I do think these kids deserve to be paid. I, I, I think it should be paid for what you do and not paid for what the hype is around you or what you did in high school, essentially. So there's a little bit of an issue there. But also, like, it, it does suck that, like, the best is the best center in the country ever going to get paid. Like, is the best, yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, it just, it just Probably depends, not. I guess. I mean, they yeah. Get, so another, the, the really good aspect behind it, though, is not on these big, big market deals, I guess, primarily, but there are a lot of times where, you know, um, some of these players, like I know Auburn, Auburn, all the Auburn offensive and defensive linemen, those big boys, mm-hmm. they did a truck commercial with mm-hmm. Coach Harson. They did a Ford dealer a, a deal. So I'm sure they were able to get a little piece of the pie off of that. Yeah. So there's nice things now that they can get little sponsorships here and there. Mm-hmm. There's small things. I think we got to talk about the, uh, was it Travis Hunter? Was that his name? The number one overall recruit that was committed to FSU and ended up flipping over to Dion's place. That's right, yeah. I mean, that, that is yeah. a massive thing, and it was understood that if he was able to go over to JSU, which is a HBCU, primarily black uh, college, that Barstool was going to step in and give the kid a million dollars. Because wow. if you're taking your name away from FSU, where you don't really need the money to do that. You know, FSU is built on that, and the success that y'all have is roots deep enough with cornerback success, you're fine. But to go to GSU, you're really taking a big step saying, hey, I hope my talent can stand out at a place like this where I don't yeah. know if the lights are bright. Dion's there, of course, and that was the kid's idol, ultimately yeah. why he went. But I cannot help but think he would not have made that move if he didn't have some money in the pocket on the way over there. I, I refuse to believe that, or else yeah. we've seen more kids do that in the past. Absolutely. Look, it's it's a tough thing for me. I, ultimately, I think I side with I'm glad these kids are able to get paid for what they're worth. So you're not you're not upset at all that you lost the number one recruit. You know, I, I just don't stress about things like that. I really yeah. don't. I You know, I think it's just because, again, like my, my love is the NFL draft, and I, I look at things like that, and I look at the amount of times that, like, you know, I, you hear about these, these high-end recruits don't end up working out. I mean, Texas got the number one. Now he's in, what, you said South Carolina he went? Yeah, Spencer. Uh, Spencer Rattler yeah. left OU, and so, yeah, I I don't put a whole lot of stock, and obviously, it, I'd rather have him than not have him. I'm disappointed. I, I'm not overly stressed out about it. It's not like we lost a guy who's a proven commodity that I'd yeah. seen on the field. So, so yeah, yeah you're I right. don't stress it, it about doesn't, it. It doesn't always translate. You know, yeah, they, exactly. they did that thing um, whenever I guess it was Tampa Bay. Whenever they won the Super Bowl last year, they 
technically, if you went back and look at roster, they only had two five stars. Yeah. The whole team, top to bottom. Exactly. The entire yeah. team was only two five wow, stars that's that really attributed to that. I didn't so realize that. Now, there's some big, big hitters out there like a Miles Garrett. He was number two in his class whenever he came out. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've seen that translate. But there was also a guy, Kyle Allen, was mm-hmm. the number one product uh, quarterback, Texas A&M. I don't even know where he's bouncing around nowadays. Kyle it, Allen, yeah, was that the quarterback that? Yeah, the uh, quarterback, yeah. He went to yeah. He I think he's in. He, I think he's with Washington. He was with Carolina and then he went to Washington. Yeah. It's like the third so string above the spot. Doesn't always translate yeah. as a result, but I mean, you know, you're kind of you're kind of lined up for success whenever it's like of that. Of course, yeah. You'd rather we have see all it with five Bryce stars. Young. Bryce Young was Bryce yeah. Young has the hype behind. Well, yeah, Alabama gets a lot of five stars. They're pretty good. So I'm not yeah, I'm not exactly. dissing five stars by any means. I'm just saying it, it didn't stress me out. I, I was gonna look at it and just kind of take a, a step back a little bit because. As I said, I do think I ultimately side with I think it's good that these kids are getting paid when I know the people above them, the people running the show, are getting paid billions or at least and, and millions. They're, and they're not even putting their bodies Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad these kids are able to get paid. I do think there's going to be negative aspects to it. The one thing that I worry about is like just kind of taking a step back, and I'm not going to put any kid's name out there, to just, but I'm just saying as a whole. I at least know how I was at 18, and I was a dorky, non-athletic kid, so I can't imagine what it would be to be the shit your entire life and then have money in your pocket. I I do worry about, like, you know, okay, I'll I'll throw Johnny Menzel as a guy who kind of went too hard, too fast, you know, in college and and got that party, you know, mindset, and it it kind of fell off in the NFL. And and it really, I feel like, did ruin his career in a way where we don't know what he could have been if he was, you know, know, head in the books or head in the playbook and all these things and didn't, didn't stress about, you know, being cool or whatever. I, I do wonder about that aspect. Is the money going to kind of, you know, infiltrate these kids' minds and, and, and you know, screw up their future in that respect? That's the only thing it, I, it really, I think It really about. could. You would hope that the university would have something in place now to maybe where it can be more public. Maybe they can have a more openly hands-on approach about money management, some financial advice, yeah. some being able to control this. Because, yeah, if, you know, if I was the shit going to a, a popular university out there and yeah. you know that you could go party you could go do whatever listen these kids did that before they got paid but now you're saying that they have a couple million they can million. they have ac- these top tier ones truly have millions of dollars right there at their hands yeah. before they ever even get to the nfl so i guess we're really going to see which guys can rise to the top of that because that adds another fold to it about the pressure that you have to handle you know you yeah. can really see and i i'm sure it's another reason just it sucks to say as an auburn fan but go to alabama because i promise <laughs> you nick saban has the best interest at heart, regardless of any of that money, all that stuff, he'll take care of you, and he's always done it. I mean, some of his interviews are some of the most highly respected ones that I have, seeing the way he was able to help Julio and to see his kind of character translate into the NFL. And, and you, you just don't hear about a lot of guys from Alabama having problems like that. They, he really has, I feel like, all the ends tied, you know, just the he crossed his T's, dotted his I's, everything's just good to go up there. So hopefully other people can look at that and follow follow suit. Yeah, man, I, I, I absolutely agree. Let's, uh, you know, this is a weird transition, but transitioning to somebody who doesn't have, uh, you know, their their eyes dotted and their T's yeah. crossed. Uh, what happened in, in New York on Sunday afternoon? With with uh, Antonio oh, Brown. Yeah, Antonio Sorry, Brown. you didn't know where I was no, going no. with that. Well, I, I forgot. I forgot that it was an away game. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, if you said Tampa, I was there, but no, I did. I did forget that it was an away game. Yeah, man. I mean, we're talking. What was it? Third quarter. They're down twenty four to ten. I mean, it just wasn't a good game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans because it was it was they were substituting players on the field. This was during the actual game. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Antonio Brown takes off that jersey, takes off that shirt, throws it into the stands. And I know if you're watching us, clearly you care about football, so you already know about this Antonio Brown dilemma. Um, it's different. I've seen a lot of people close to him, Brady being one of them, 
uh, in saying, just be careful what you say. Like, you don't know what the player's going through. You don't know this. You don't know that. Um, and that's true. I don't know what Antonio Brown's going through. I don't know what he's done. But I also know that he's had a lot of poor choices. And I feel I feel like all of this could be contained and just and handled in a different manner. And I don't care what you have to say about Antonio Brown or the situation, any of that. He could have handled that better on that day, on that moment, right then and there, regardless of what it was. From what I understand, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Arians told him to get in the game. He said no. Next thing you know, boom, he popped off. Yeah, man, it, it's tough. I, you know, I remember. I feel like we talked about Antonio Brown one of the first episodes we did on this show, and we kind of panned him, right? I mean, like when we, we first did. started, I remember talking. Fiasco, right? Yeah, that was when he when he uh, iced his foot or some shit like that. Oh, when okay. he was in, frostbite. Yeah, frostbite gate. I mean, there was and so much has happened over the past what two and a half, three years now. And I, in that time, I have kind of taken a step back from shitting on really any player and, and trying to understand that, like, I don't know the full situation. Like, I don't know the full situation of, like, people I know, let alone people I've never fucking known, you know, wouldn't have any way of knowing. So it, it is tough. You, like you said, you, you hope that there's, like, whatever's missing with him, you, yeah. you hope he figures it out just Something as a person. But, man, let's let's... Let's take a step back. Like he was found at the Nets game uh, that same night or the night after, or whatever. Uh, so like, you, it feels like he's having a, a midlife crisis or something. Like this, that feels like what's happening. And, and you know, teach their own whatever. It is what it is. How does this affect the Tampa Bay Bucks? They're really hurting right now. I mean, they lost Chris Godwin. They were struggling in that game. And yes, Brady was able to come back ninety three yards yeah. as he always does. You know, but that's the New York Jets and. It's, it's going to be different. They're going to have to have a lot of these playmakers step up. Um, Mike Evans is going to have to have an insurmountable role where he's not going to be able to have the attention pulled away because I think they have Tyler Johnson who's getting some meaningful minutes right now. Yeah. And and Gronk. Tyler Tyler Johnson is very much the same style of player as a, a Mike Evans as far as like a Goldman get not not the same level by any means. I'm just saying no, Tyler Johnson a big body he, type he of guy. He fits in the X more yeah. than he does any of the others. And they have lost both wide receivers mm-hmm. in a Chris Godwin and an Antonio Brown. Yeah. And the new slot threat, they're going to have to find some people to step up because if they can't run the ball, if there's times where Brady doesn't have the time to sit back in the pocket and truly read and evaluate the options. You need a playmaker to go to. That's That was the beneficial thing about Antonio yeah. Brown. Is that and Leonard Fournette is still hurt. You don't know when he's coming back. It does feel like the Bucks have lost a lot of their key pieces at the wrong time coming into the playoffs. Yeah. You, you wonder, man. Obviously, struggling against the Jets. I don't overthink that one. I really don't. Jets are, you know, a struggling team, but hey, they're going to be okay next year. They're they're on the up and up, I feel like, and and the Bucks had a bad game. Let's not overthinking that over uh, altogether. Last Last thing I want to say on Tampa Bay, just or on Antonio Brown specifically, I did think it was crazy. You know, a stat line of eight receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown is not ridiculous for Antonio Brown, right? Not at all. Very, very reasonable, right? He was eight receptions away from a a quarter of a million dollar bonus. He was 55 yards away from another quarter of a million dollar bonus, a different bonus, and he was one touchdown away from another quarter of a million dollar bonus. He left a million dollars on the field with a stat line that's very, very reasonable. Probably could have gotten to wow. to finish the Jets game and, you know, obviously next week, whoever they play. That's unfortunate, man. Do you it So um, has he, I think I just saw something on my phone not too long ago, I don't know if he has been officially, officially released as of now. I know Bruce Arian said he is no longer a buck, but I don't think technicality-wise he is on the open market. I don't know how that's working right now. 
I think that I saw something saying that the NFL needs to monitor it closely because he might need to get some help before he just gets to go out and you know play for another team possibly or whatever the case may be. I, I don't know. I think his playing days are done. You do you think it's all the way done? I, you know, I always err on the these guys are going to get another chance if they can play. I, I really an, do. It's Antonio Brown, too. Uh, yeah, and he was having a good year ever since he came back and won the Super Bowl. I'd seen some stuff that he had said it had come out. It sounded like okay, he kind of sounds like he has his head on straight right now. You know, it kind of sounds like he's better than the things used to be, but I I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, it just in this season, 44, 42 receptions, 545 yards, 13 touchdowns, uh, or uh, four, touchdowns. four touchdowns, excuse me, 13 average uh, yards per catch. In uh, and, and a season where he did have a lot of injuries, and he was battling back through a lot of stuff, so he only played, what, seven games? So that's a pretty good stat line for seven games, I feel like. Um, so, yeah, it, like I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Maybe he plays again. Uh, just looking up, as you were saying that, it doesn't look like he is cut yet. He's still technically a Tampa Bay Buck would imagine he doesn't play again ever for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think you can pull that stunt and ever play again for that team. Yeah, there's no way. I, That's I what would I was saying. It was, it was the fashion in which he did what he did. Yeah, I, I would I would think he doesn't get the opportunity to play. I, I would think most coaches in the NFL don't respect that and probably would never give him a chance to walk in their in their locker room. Uh, you know, feels he's already kind of burned bridges with four teams in the NFL now, and you would think that's going to, you know, I would think there's only a handful of teams that would give him another chance. I'll put it that way. I get and that. I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's at least one, but I don't, I don't know where that's going to come from, and I doubt it comes this year. He's um, 33 as well. He is 33, so he's come. He's still good, though. That's the thing. Oh, he's 33, but he's talented. Yeah. All right, hey, let's let's go through here. Do you have anything you want to bring up? I want to look up the standings right now and kind of talk about that. Uh, anywhere else you want to go with this? No, I mean, it, it, would be the, it would be the standings, I think, is the next spot we got to go. Um, props to the Tennessee Titans. Me and you both were at that game. I know we had to see your Dolphins get the crap kicked out of them, unfortunately. And what was it, 34 to 3? Yeah. Listen, I stand by it. Titans did not play well enough for 34 to 3 on that day. If you look at the box score, that's like, whoa, the Titans must have been firing in all cylinders right now. I think the Dolphins weren't able to capitalize. It, it was, was uh, it was ugly conditions. Yeah. It, we had no offense. We, yeah, I mean, exactly. Tua sucks, and we can't um, remove the ball if Tua can't get his. With his the Bengals beating now. the Chiefs, the Titans hold the one seed. And all they have to do is beat the Texans yes. next week. And that the Texans, the Texans already beat wild. them, so they're definitely due to beat the Texans. Yeah, at this rate, isn't so. that wild, man? If the the, the Titans could legitimately go twelve and five, uh, Bills can't touch them, Chiefs can't touch them. Well, Chiefs can't touch them, but they have Chiefs the tiebreaker. Win and a Titans loss, but, well, but the, the Titans beat them. But yeah, the Titans beat them. So so wow, that is so wild to think uh, exactly what the Titans needed to happen happened. Um, there's a scenario where I think it's the Colts. I, I believe the Raiders and Chargers play next week right both at yes. nine and seven and they play sunday night if the colts lose to the jaguars which is very unlikely but if they do the chargers and raiders are in this game and it would be the most advantageous thing to kneel the ball for four quarters i saw that zero I was zero to tie about that, saying that yeah. if they were to have a tie both teams would make the playoffs well yeah right they, they, they're playing for nothing they're playing for the six or seven seed and one of them's going to get the six seed one of them's get the seven seed and you never really know how that goes but yeah. like there, there's a scenario where the coaches are looking ahead and thinking, man, I don't know if I want to play the the second or the second seed or the third seed or whatever, however yeah. it works out. Um, let's look at let's look at the NFC here just for a second. NFC is uh, very well penciled in. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles beating Washington just like they did. Oh, it's they, over. They officially clinched the uh, the six. I believe the seven still up for grabs. The seven is the only one up for I think grabs. The seven is Eagles the, seven are is the only one. Eagles are in. 
Cardinals are in. Cardinals and Rams are in. So we don't know who won that division, but it'll probably be the Rams. Packers are in. Bucks are in. Bro, it's over. It's over. 49ers at seven. So it's not official, but the 49ers would have to lose, and I guess the Saints would have to win. That's the only way. That would be the only way because we're looking at right now, just looking at the standings. The Saints are nine or eight and eight. The 49ers are nine and seven. So I, I and also with the Eagles at nine and seven, but I would say that the Eagles just clinching probably. Well, yeah, they have a clinch mark right here, so they are clinched. Yeah. So okay. So that 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 must be what it is, and it's 49ers and Saints. Yeah, that's 49ers the Niners only... lost Saints. Dub. That's interesting. I'm ain't gonna no look way, it up no a way, different way. Ain't no way the Saints are making it right. No, let's. I'm gonna look yeah. it up a different way and see clinching. Uh, where do you want to go with this? Well, I mean, the the AFC is probably the most exciting, I guess, whenever it comes to that. And I wanted to ask you, saying that I guess I guess we could say that it's favored that the Titans beat the Texans. So mm-hmm. let's say the Titans get that one seed. They're about to get a Derrick Henry back. Who would be your nightmare matchup if you're the Tennessee Titans? Because we have a lot of Titans fans who listen to our podcast. Who is your nightmare matchup out of all these teams that could might make it to you? You know, you're the one seed, so you'll catch the lowest of the draw out of all of them. Who are you scared of? I think Baltimore, right? So, no, I, I was thinking about it, and Baltimore's out. Nah, Baltimore can get it. I'm looking at it right now. Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Uh, needs ba- a lot. Baltimore clinches a playoff with Baltimore has to win the. You said nightmare scenario, so this is yeah, a realistic right, thing. Right. Okay. Indianapolis and the Chargers both have to lose, and the and Miami has to lose. The but Colts Miami's have not, not playing beat for Jacksonville me. in Jacksonville since 2014. Yeah, so very unlikely, but a nightmare no, scenario. That's very likely that the Jags oh, beat the oh, Colts. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I missed the, that. The Colts yeah. have not beat the Jags. Yeah, in but they're gonna they're gonna beat the Jags. 2014 though. That's a long time. Yeah, no, you're right. That's but a I lot mean, of, they play every year. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Like an eight eight in a row streak. That's they it. got them. Yeah, that that's why. I mean, I I don't think I'd want to. Tr- well, the Bengals have the division, so you're not going to play the Bengals. You don't want to play the Colts a third time. I was saying, the Colts. I don't think the, the Colts, Colts is the nightmare matchup to me because of the way that they're using Jonathan Taylor. They they're very similar to the Titans, and it just does not sound like a matchup that you would like to get in. A lot of things against you. You don't beat a team three times. Mm-hmm. You don't beat a team that's firing like the Colts are firing. I know they just fell to the Raiders, but when it gets to the playoffs, running the ball really travels well, good defense. They remind me of the Titans. I don't want no piece of that as a Titans fan. Yeah, I'm here with that. Uh, j- just to confirm, I, we just I just looked it up. It's the it's going to be the the New Orleans Saints play Atlanta. The San Francisco 49ers play the Rams. So oh, the Rams are going, and the Rams are playing to clinch that uh, that uh, division too. So they are playing this game. So they could technically beat the San Francisco 49ers, and you have the Saints in. At th- man, what if the Rams beat the 49ers, and instead of having to play the 49ers in the playoffs, they get to play the Saints in the playoffs? That's a dub. They have major implications to win that game, too. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a big brain move. I mean, who would you rather play? The I'd Saints much rather no play the Saints. Yeah, exactly. And the Saints are playing Atlanta, who Atlanta's 7-9. and nine. I need Atlanta to lose this game, and I want to Oh, that's, bet. Good. that's going to be an ugly game. You gonna, know no, it's going to be an ugly it's game. It's going to be a yeah. weird one. I got $10 on, on Atlanta going under 7.5 uh, for win total at the beginning of the year, so I need that to be a loss. I can't believe Atlanta got to seven win. wins, I know, honestly. I know, props to them. Yeah. I was going to say props to the Raiders for somehow, after all the controversy and all the headlines that they've been in, they're 9-7. and seven. Yeah, and they're in not, it. I mean, they have the a real shot as long, as, they, as long as they win, they're in for sure. And then there's still a chance we know if the Colts lose, I'm pretty sure if they're If they in. win, they're in. And the Chargers are in the same boat. They If they win, they're in. So Chargers are scary to me. The Chargers have a lot of firepower. I think where they could be out of all the the teams like that, Raiders. Like I think the Chargers are better. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Patriots. 
they clinch the AFC number one seed only first round by and home field advantage with uh, they have to win. Buffalo has to lose and Kansas, Kansas. Oh, well, everybody has to lose basically for New England to get. Well, they're they're the only ones that have the tiebreaker over the Titans. Yeah. That's the only way that I think the Titans lose the one seed, right? Well, they and but the Titans still have to lose to tie yes. with the, the Titans because they have a game ahead of them. That's interesting, man. Yeah, it does feel like this 18th game is pretty much wrapped up. This is the season, it feels like, where because it feels like always, you know, that last game of the season is, is kind of a toss-up game or it's or it doesn't really matter a whole lot for, for most teams. This year, it feels like the 17th game really mattered and the 18th game not mattering much at all. Is that just because, you know, you add an extra game that the second to last game is always going to matter more? Or would it have been different this year if, you know, there were 17 games? Would Week 17 have been just ridiculous? Yeah, it's, it's a weird happenstance just because you would like to think this is a negative argument against having this extra game right now. Because other than seeing one through seven interchangeable here and there, mm-hmm. there's only, like we said, two two matchups uh, for that seven seed going. You know, you have the 49ers Saints. And then I guess you have some weird stuff that can happen over there on the AFC side for yeah. it. But primarily, a lot of it is locked up already. So I don't know if it was beneficial for it overall. I don't really know who it was able to help and hurt the most. Um, but, I mean, I'm glad we get to see more football. You know, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on it. I, I think I would like I would like an extra bye week. I, I think I would have preferred add an extra bye week. Then you have another week of football. The NFL makes money. There makes similar amount of money, and you're not just killing these players' bodies. Because man, very, playing very playing NFL football. I mean, if you win the Super Bowl, you're playing. You're basically playing NFL football for half the year. And then you're preparing for football for three months leading up to the season. You only have what a couple months to really you know. Uh, you know, get your body right. I, yeah. I just and think that the physical demand is at an all-time high right now. Too, Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's 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 grueling. But uh, I think one of the most understated rule changes that is out there that I don't hear people talk about, and I think it happened last year, was the one team getting the buy now. That is monumental compared yeah. to what teams are fighting for. Saying that you could be the two seed versus the one seed, and we're talking, you could just both be like twelve and five football teams uh, or whatever the math adds mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it'd be twelve and five, right? Yeah. Um, and be a two seed and lose week one, you it used to be a lock that all you had to do was play two games from there and you're in the Super Bowl. You know, you were always just yeah. good to go. I think it's really going to shake up the way that we see some of these playoffs. Um, I expect a low seed to make a run. I can't speak on who it's going to be, where it's going to be, NFC, AFC, whatever. I think that we're going to have a non-division winner, a non-one through four seed play in the championship game. I could see that, especially in the AFC. I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me. It would surprise me, certainly, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, the Chargers were able to win the next three games. Yeah. Right? Like, they would have to beat the Raiders to get in, and then they get to play the two seed. That that could very well be a division. It, it could probably be the yeah. Chiefs, and I think they can beat the Chiefs. I, I really do. I mean, they, they match up well against a, a division they just opponent. They overtime with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I think that's that's at least a reasonable thing. Definitely think they can beat the Bengals, which I think they already did. Did they beat the Bengals, or did they get their ass beat by the Bengals? It was, I think they got their ass beat. Uh, I think they, they did. did. Okay, well, you never know. <laughs> that's an Burrow's been lighting it up, man. Oh, man. But, been but it's, been, it up. it's been so up and down. It wouldn't shock me a bit if they were the first team out like i could see them getting blown out in the, in the playoff and playoff inexperience yeah, yeah because when it's playoff time it's just a different feeling to it and that's why i've always give given credit to like a tom brady if you will regardless of those wide receiver weapons that are around him i think that they're going to be good primed to go um packers pretty untaught untouchable right now too yeah packers seem seem eschewant uh jonathan taylor at plus one uh 1400 to get the mvp rogers at four at minus uh, minus 400 to uh to get a two-time mvp and then maybe leave god two-time mvp and and at 
you know, at his uh, stage in their career. I know Brady did it at 40, but that's still really impressive. Brady at plus 550, I think... I think the lack of weapons is going to hurt him down the stretch. I just really would be surprised. Burrow jumps up to plus 1,400. I still kind of want to bet on Jonathan Taylor to to take it. I know it's unlikely. It's a running back and all that. It's a lackluster week this week. He he did well. Yeah, I wouldn't even say lackluster. You know, he's he's still putting up, like, his stat lines and stuff. But why is no one talking? Listen, if we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor, why is no one talking about Cooper Cup? Not even being on there. I mean, come on now. Cooper Cup, okay, now I in the really top think six, he's the on there. rookie he's, of the year. He's plus uh, four, 14. Uh, four offensive thousand. rookie of the year? No, player of the year, sorry. Not rookie. <laughs> offensive player of the year. It's Jamar know, Chase's kinda, rookie of the year, right? We yes, agree on yeah, that. Jamar, he's going to be at a Mac. Well, Jamar, Jamar just dropped a 250-yard game and three touchdowns. Yeah. That is unheard and, of. And Mac Jones has just played. He's been good. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I don't think he's lit anything up by any means. I have a bold take on who I think the best rookie quarterback's been. Okay, let's hear it. It's Davis Mills. I'm serious. He he's leading them in QBR. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. All, all rookie quarterbacks, he's leading them in QBR. He has the most efficient game throwing for a 300-yard game out of all the rookies that is mm-hmm. out there. I'm saying most impressive. I'm not saying who's really going to have the longevity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying who's going to step up and be just a franchise leader. And, yeah, you know, well, for the, team, for the team he's on, too. I mean, there's, yes. there's a real argument there. I he's, get that. He's had some really good games. He seriously has. Under, underrated overall. No, he's not going to be rookie of the year because he hasn't even played all the games. But there, there it is, the offensive player of the year. That one is the most exciting one because that's a dead even tie. And it's a, not, it's a non-quarterback, or it's a non-quarterback award essentially, yes, right? Which is why quarterback is getting MVP. Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I think I will take Jonathan Taylor over Cooper Cup. I think he's been more impactful for his team than Cooper Cup. I think you could. Uh, Cooper Cup's been I amazing. Agree with that. But Jonathan Taylor has been the workhorse for that team. You take Jonathan Taylor off that team and they're a different a, team. Horrible. Cooper Cup, I think, could. Obviously, he's a very different team. I think they could make do with other wide receivers. I just don't think. I don't feel the same way about it, that with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. I don't Man, know. That's a close. Both I, at minus 110 coin flip. That's. I don't want to. Don't yeah, want you're right. I wouldn't blame it. anybody for, for saying I'm wrong and taking Cooper Cup. I wouldn't blame the NFL for giving it to Cooper Cup by any means. But uh, this is an interesting one. Coach of the year. I don't think Zach Taylor's a coach of the year. I really don't. I feel like it's just been such an up-and-down season. The amount of weapons that they have alone, they're supposed to win the amount of games they've won. They're supposed to be competitive with the Chiefs. They should be. They have the talent. So, I I mean, I don't want to take anything away from him. Yeah, he's great. He deserves to be the head coach moving forward. But there's been some games where they've just fallen off. You know, you're, you're right about that. And I, that's one of the reasons why I don't think it goes to him. And I also would like to say that I think they've been very, very fortunate, knock on wood for Bengals and whatnot, dodging this injury-ridden season overall. Yeah. They really haven't had to navigate through they, any of they that They lost T. Higgins for a couple have. weeks, did, other they, than that. They have a very yeah, bolstered-up wide receiver room. Yeah. It's Mike Vrabel for me because of the injuries. And then if, yeah. it, if you're going off of coaching ability alone and rebound, it's Bill Belichick. That, that's just a done deal. You can't even argue with any of that. But having to navigate the injuries goes to Vrabel for me. I, I think LaFleur sitting at plus uh, 170, technically second place on the odds spectrum. I think he deserves a shout-out uh, as a guy who has been a part of 13 win se- or 13 excuse me, three 13-win seasons in a row, uh, starting his co- his coaching career off with that. I know he's had Aaron Rodgers. It helps to have great players. Yeah. But great coaching plus great players equals great results, and that's what they've had the past couple of years. LaFleur does – I mean, and, and he's navigated Aaron Rodgers, which I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't like to shit on him nearly as much as some people do. But, like, I, I will fully admit that he is a personality in the room that a coach has to be prepared for, and I feel like he's done that very, very well. I think LaFleur deserves it, and he is handled 
handled the controversy throughout the offseason, all of this shit going on. It's been a whirlwind for him, and they're winning games, and, and the team feels stronger than ever. I, I think LaFleur deserves it a little bit, too. You're right. Bill Belichick. I, I, see, I see LaFleur there, though. Having that type of just magnitude, what Aaron Rodgers brings to that organization, and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, very outspoken, knows what he brings to this organization. Mm-hmm. And being a young-minded coach like that, having to try to – I guess rein that in and say, hey, can we try? It almost feels like you would have to ask Aaron Rodgers, hey, can we try this, this, and this? Because if not, you know, so just seeing the way that he was able to handle that relationship um, was good overall. But listen, 13 wins is a curse for the Packers. It is a curse. Time and time again, the end of the playoffs is the by far favorite and something happens. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they get the Lombardi or not. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is staying. I've already seen that the Packers are saying that they're going to uh, franchise tag Devontae Adams. So. It's not even like Aaron Rodgers gets to leave and have his partner in crime. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, I could see Aaron. I think it's tough to leave after two seasons the way it's been. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it felt like such a foregone conclusion at the beginning of the year that he was going to be gone. Feels like you know where could he go? Could he could go to Pittsburgh? I mean, I, I feel like they would open him. Uh, you know, welcome yeah, him with open would, arms. Yeah. But you don't have the weapons that you had in, in Green Bay, I don't think. I mean, it's similar. You know, you could make you could make do, certainly, I with like those guys. I like the receivers guys. better. But receivers I mean, overall, top to bottom, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think their number three and four receiver blows the doors off of Green Bay's number yeah. three or four. Rotation. They have a Najee Harris at running back. Their offensive line isn't good, but... You know, you could you could add that in the draft. I don't know that I could see that working. I could see I realistic. I, I maybe this is maybe I'm a fanboy, but I could see the Dolphins working too. I think there's there's a great defense on the other side. Oh, there's good wide receivers. Oh, I fucking love it. There's good wide receivers. You have one of the young stars in the league right now at uh, with that wide receiver yeah, anyway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, Devontae Parker's still really good. Yeah, again, same same thing as with uh, Pittsburgh. Offense line isn't good, so you know that should definitely be a factor there. I, I don't know. There's a lot of places you could go with that. I I think it's. I think it is uh, a surefire thing to say that I see Russell Wilson on the move before I see Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I disagree with that. I, I think. I think, I think it'd be the other I way around. Sh- uh, well, I mean, it's already a growing, a growing concern. What was that? The Bleach Report just put out growing concern that uh, the turmoil in uh, Seattle, where Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, one of them's going. One I think it's going to be. Going. I think it's going to be Pete. I think they realize this year that it's got to be Pete. Someone's going. So. You cannot have the season that you have and it be that bad, and someone not pay the pay the price for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think it's Russ is going to be able to say, "Hey, I want out." Yeah, but I think it's also the the team has to realize, man, we didn't put a whole lot around Russell Wilson this year. Like, yeah, they have two good wide receivers. I don't want to like, even though DK had a down year, he's still really good. But I mean, an offensive line that's lackluster and a defense that's next to non-existent. Oh, and yeah, our star quarterback got hurt for six weeks, came yeah. back, had a messed up finger, and really wasn't the same for two or three weeks after that. He's really just now getting back to normal, and you can but see it because he's teams out. You're Russell. I'm, of course, Seattle should want to retain Russell yeah. no matter what. But yeah, you're Russell. I, well, are you trying to say that you can go somewhere better because there's a better option out there versus Seattle being able to really rebuild and turn it around? I think if I'm Russell Wilson, I would kill to be in Aaron Rodgers' shoes. I think I think if I'm Russell Wilson, I would look at what Aaron Rodgers has around him. And, yeah, there's certainly things you can be upset about. Like, it was shitty that they traded up to draft his replacement, but that happens in the NFL and you have to get over that. It, it's shitty that, you know, some of the things, you know, that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been able to be a decision maker the way he thinks he deserves to be. But, I mean, it feels like that might be changing anyway. If I'm Russell, I would look at, you know, the team around him, the coaching staff, everything that is set up in Green Bay, and I would think, man, I have an opportunity 
to have a lot of success versus if I'm in Seattle, yeah, I would probably want to go because I don't I don't see that same thing. I see yeah. two great wide receivers. I see a couple pieces on the offensive line. I see, you know, a, a running game that could be good, could be bad. Uh, but, yeah, in a defense that's horrible and it's not going to get better over one year. It's I, not. I like the way you said that whenever it comes to because you have Aaron Rodgers who's over here like, man, I want some help. I want this. You know, kind of comes off as a complainer. He has earned that right to complain mm-hmm. in his own regard for how the. I mean, just he's he's phenomenal talent. He's legendary. Going to go down as a top five all time for sure. But then you you have Russell over here who I think is in a far worse spot. We don't hear nowhere near as much. We just started hearing a few things about it here and there. Yeah. Like you said, Russell would almost kill to be in a spot like Aaron Rodgers is, and Aaron Rodgers still isn't satisfied. I think if I'm Russell Wilson, I try to make the moves necessary to to be satisfied, mm-hmm. and it would be faster to do that on another team than it would for Seattle to turn the, the ship around because depending on what happens with the coaching regime, it takes time to get a coach in there. It takes time just to get the talent yeah. built up. I mean, you know? this year is lost as far as draft picks. I also, mean, you, you don't you have a number one. division. That's a good point, man. You don't want to have to play all those guys, those superstars. Um, yeah, man, it's interesting. Let's just as we're going through this, we we talked about coach of the year. I'm. I let's not talk about who we would you know bet on. Let's take that away. Who do we yeah. genuinely think it is? I genuinely think it's Matt Lafleur and you uh, genuinely, Mike, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel with, and I think both of us are number two would probably be Bill Belichick. Yes, for uh, sure. my number two is. I think it's uh, Lafleur than Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick not getting that respect is ridiculous to me. Um, the fact that Zach Taylor is the favorite, I just don't agree with. I don't either. Um, like I said, it goes it goes down to how he was able to handle the season, and it, it really speaks volumes to me with how you navigate the injuries. That's literally what your job is as a coach, and seeing not not your only job, but the behind the scenes things, mm-hmm. and being able to bring guys up, move guys down, really plug and play, evaluate here. And I've just really gotten to see how Mike Vrabel. He's so open about it. He's so because they they got hit hard. They had yeah. over like eighty five guys total of this team. The fact they've had as many injuries as the twenty nineteen Dolphins and the twenty twenty forty uh, ers Both teams won five games or less. All right, and that was that was a stat that I saw like three or four weeks ago. So they yeah. probably had more since then. And they lost their guy. They the have had eighty eight different players take snaps for them on the team. That does not happen. 88 different players it's a 55 man roster like <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous the fact that they've been able to to navigate all of that is incredibly that's, that's, impressive and and they currently hold the one seat the too. one seat. so primarily yeah. coach of the year and success go hand in hand why is zach taylor above a mike vrabel when the titans are Have statistically above more. and they've dealt with a lot more and they're better than the Bengals right now on paper, too. Yeah, I agree with that. Comeback player of the year. I disagree with who, this, who the favorite is here, too. I know Dak Prescott, obviously a cowboy, is going to get the love. Joe Burrow, I think, deserves it, man. Joe Burrow's been playing lights out the past couple weeks. He has been. He has Dak- almost 1,000 yards on the Chiefs. Or not, not the Chiefs in his divisional matchups against the uh, the Browns is who it was. <laughs> like that's that's insane. And the Ravens, too. He's just killing it, lighting it yeah. up. I get why it's Dak, though, because... Um, I guess the severity of Dak and I guess just being on America's team. Yeah, and, and it's, it is close, just to be clear for those listening. Dak is minus 130, Joe Burrow is plus 105. Very, very likely that Joe Burrow, like it's very Does possible that Joe Burrow wins on the, it. Uh, I guess the last game to see kind of how it goes? Because, I mean, if Burrow comes out and hangs a, a 300, 400 piece like he has been, he could easily do Dak it. and the Cowboys kind of been struggling as of late besides that last blow. Yeah, and there. Dak's not really playing for anything, right? I, I don't know. There might be a scenario where you could get that they've one had, seat. Yeah, they've had division wrapped up for two or three weeks now. They were the first ones to claim that division. Yeah. To claim a division. Last one we got to talk about uh, defensive 
rookie of the year is Micah Parsons. We know that. Uh, defensive player of the year. Micah Parsons is in that conversation, too. He's ahead of Aaron Donald, Trayvon Diggs, Miles Garrett, and Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, I didn't realize, had that good of a season, to be honest with you. He's That's, quietly. Yeah, wow. He's quiet. I mean, obviously, I believe that he's there for a reason, but he's quietly had a good season because I just had not heard that. Uh, TJ Watt, to me, he wrapped it up last he week. Has, he has 20 sacks, right? Yeah. He, and last night, he put up, what, a three-sack performance yeah, or and, something? You know, and I think he, he wrapped ki- it up. He kind of got snubbed last year when it came, when, with the Aaron Donald thing because mm-hmm. statistically, TJ Watt was better, but we know the type of company and, I guess, command that Aaron Donald takes on a, when he's on a football field. He's getting double, triple teamed all the time. Yeah. Um, it's going to be TJ Watt, but Micah Parsons... Give him his flowers, too. For what he's done, it's been phenomenal. I do have one thing I want to say about Trevon Diggs, and I don't want to – I never like bashing players. Mm -hmm. He is a very, very good ball hawk ability corner. He has given up the most yards in the NFL on cornerbacks, though. Mm -hmm. He has over 1,000 yards against him, and it's not close. Teams hyper-target the man because they know that it can be a boomer bust play. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's times where he's able to come down with the ball and able to get that done but a 1,000 yards against you. For whatever it is, normally teams start to catch on if they truly feel that you are an island-style lockdown corner. Mm-hmm. They did it with Sherman. They did it with Revis, you know, and mm-hmm. they did it with a lot of greats that are out there, and Diggs has the numbers up there like all-time greats as of now with these interceptions this season. But I'm curious as to why teams aren't, I guess, I guess respecting mm-hmm. that because, you know, it's like, oh, my God, this guy is getting all these interceptions. We are not throwing it that way. Mm-hmm. They will literally do that time to time. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that with Diggs. He's still getting targeted. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't have a good answer for that either. It, it does feel like, and I've always said this, you know, Cowboys are always going to get a little bit more respect. They're just so such a big fan base. And when you look at betting, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Cowboys are, I, I think I think they, they cover the spread on their, their season-long, you know, win totals the least amount like they're always a little bumped up a little bit on the wins because everybody wants to bet the Cowboys over so betting the under is one of the best bets in sports it would have lost this year just to be clear but but in yeah. general it is it is one of the better bets in sports I think it's like 75% since 2000 or something like that it's a really really good number um, but last thing I want to talk about before we we finish off this pod we're already about 10 minutes over than what we were planning on doing um, I'm just I'm on this uh, on this site here and I'm looking at you know you can bet in all five of them basically and with Aaron Rodgers feeling like he's wrapped up MVP TJ Watt a defensive player of the year uh, Jamar Chase offensive rookie uh, Micah Parsons defensive rookie and Joe Burrow comeback player at plus 200 am I crazy for thinking that's a good bet no am I crazy for thinking that I could try to figure out the math and do the one right above that at Dak because I do think that if there's any type of coin flip all of these awards it's comeback player between Dak and Joe Burrow I mean you could bet twenty five on both to win. We uh, so you you would yeah, guarantee. So the math doesn't. It doesn't really work out. You would you would basically be winning forty three dollars because you would bet twenty five to win fifty and then twenty five so to win four thirty. You got to take your coin flip on if you think it's Dak or Joe. Yeah, but I mean, really, if you if you have the money, you could bet a hundred on each and and guarantee yourself, you know, one seventy five. You'd win one seventy five. As long as everything else happened the right way, Dak or Joe Burrow can go I do, I do think everything home. else would happen the exact same way. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have 200, you're, betting, you're basically betting 200 to win 175, and the comeback player of the year is meaningless, as long as it goes to Dak or Joe, which it should. It yeah, will. I, don't, I don't see anyone. The, yeah. the next one listed was Nick Bosa. Yeah, Bosa's not getting that. I don't I mean, think. No, he's plus 5,000. Yeah. I don't know. I think there, there's... 
there's argument to be made there. I, I wouldn't hate anybody for making that bet. Last thing I wanted to talk about, that was that's all I have. Any anybody else? You have anything? No, I think I'm good. You're good? All right. I said anybody else, like we have a panel. I don't we yeah. don't have a panel, it's just us. All right, guys, let's finish it up here. Check out our power rankings. We're about to record that right now. Thank you so much for watching. Peace. Seven.